Fans Podcast, covering two of Bellevue Speedway teams, that being the 12-time British League champions in the world-famous Bellevue Aces, as well as the former British League 2 and national winners of 2017, the Bellevue Colts. All views expressed on this podcast are not representing those views of Bellevue Speedway Club and are solely from a fan's perspective. With that said, we move on to a new episode and hopefully new beginnings for the Aces and the Colts, in a sense. Um... But this episode, we are going to be focusing mainly uh, on the Bellevue Colt side, that being in the National Development League. As well as that, we will have a very brief look at the ongoing championship standings and seeing what's happening in the second division of things. Though, to be fair, it does feel more like a top league this year. And as well as that, we will have a little preview ahead of Monday night's meeting with the Bellevue Aces against the Peterborough Panthers, if my voice can hold out. So, as I have just said, we are going to be focusing mainly on the Bellevue Colt side of the National Development League. Um, the team had undergone a few changes from the 2019 side with obviously the losses of Leon Flint, Kyle Bickley, Ben Rathbone uh, but we did still have a fairly how can I put it? it it was an slight inexperience with some experienced heads coming to form the 2021 team so, coming into the new year, the Bellevue Colts were led by number one rider Jack Parkinson Blackburn. You also had Ben Waddle making a return uh, as captain this time. You had new signing Benji Compton, who had previously ridden against the Colts in a one or two meetings in the past. Um... The pie man Paul Bowen, I mean, the man needs no introduction. Uh, and if he does, I'm sure he will provide it to himself. Um, we also had Connor Coles coming from, I believe it was Eastbourne. Uh, but I can't be particularly sure on that. Oh god, this is bloody woeful. Eventually, though, the Colts got their season up and running with a meeting in Berwick against the hometown Bullets. Um, wasn't the greatest uh, of starts for Bellevue, to be fair, uh, as they found themselves 21-9 after the first five heats. Um, the only plus coming in heat number three when Benji Compton and Paul Bowen kind of combined for a 4-2. Um, the next five, the the Aces did 
managed to not get themselves out of a jam, so to speak, because uh, they were behind the eight ball massively from the beginning. Uh, but a 4-2 from Sam McGurk and Ben Woodall did see that that race pretty much being the only race advantage out of the following five with four shared heats. Um, that made the score after 10, 35, 25 in favour of the home side. The next five seem to kind of follow in a, a similar trend. Um, so a couple of shared races but then from heats 13 to 15 just saw the home side put their foot down um, with probably the most unsurprising uh, heat coming in heat 13 um, with the duo of Kyle Bickley and Leon Flint taking a 5-1 over Parkinson, Blackburn and Coles uh, that would make it 46-32. Um, Paul Bowen then picked up a pretty much an, a, a shocking heat win for me um, in heat 14 as him and Sam McGurk took a 4-2. However, heat 15 saw Leon Flint taking a race win along with Greg Blair. Um so that was a 4-2 to give the Bullets a 52-38 opening win. Um, it would be unfair to have a go at the riders in the, the first couple of meetings, um, mainly due to the fact that most of them will not have rode for a couple of years at least. Uh, well, at least a year uh, due to the whole, well, I, I think we all know why. Um, so if we take a look at the scorers, starting off with the victorious Bullets team, it saw Leon Flint with a unbeaten 15, don't be surprised if you hear that again, Ryan McDonald scoring 1, Greg Blair scoring 11-1, Ben Rathbone 3, Kyle Bickley 11-1 with a paid maximum. Kieran Douglas scoring two and a bonus, and Mason Watson nine and a bonus. Moving to the Colts, so Jack Parkinson Blackburn scored four, Ben Waddle three and one, Benji Compton eight and one, Paul Bowen with a, a decent haul of six and two, Connor Coles six and one, Harry McGurk six and one. And his brother Sam, 5-1. So if we then move to the a couple of days later on the meeting for the Berwick Bullets return. And it was a very much different story to the one that took place on the Saturday. As the Colts led 17-13 after 5 with the McGurk brothers 5-on in the reserve race being pretty much the only difference, um, especially after six races, as they got the better of Kieran Douglas and Mason Watson. Um, heat 7 for the saw, even, the first heat advantage after the 5-on, with Harry McGurk 
taking the race win ahead of Connor Coles and Greg Blair for a 4-2. Um, Woodall and Samagurk then made it a 10-point lead with a 5-1, with the over McGurk taking the race win. Three further shared heats would take place before Heat 12 saw Benji Compton and Sam McGurk making it a 5-1 to lead 43-29. Unsurprisingly, Flint and Bickley took full points in Heat 13 for Berwick uh, with a, another Flint win on course to make it a back-to-back -back maximum over the Colts. Um, Heat 14 then saw kind of those races you tend to... Those really bizarre ones where everything just seems to go wrong. Um, so you had Ben Rathbone falling off, uh, so he got excluded. But at the same time you had Mason Watson who was under power... Uh, and the referee excluded him. So you then had just two riders in the race, both for the home side. And it was just on one of those occasions where you think, will there be a, even more of a twist with possibly like a, a chain shedding or something going wrong? Especially as it was a, for Bellevue having the two riders. Um, but luckily, everything was fine. Uh, Harry, Harry McGurk picked up a race win ahead of Paul Bowen uh, to pick up a rare 5-0. Heat 15 saw Flint and Bickley taking a 4-2 ahead of Harry McGurk, who was the meat in the Berwick sandwich. With the hometown team taking a 51-38 win. Looking at the scorers from all the points total from that meeting uh, for the bullets from reserve, Mason Watson scored four, Kieran Douglas one, Kyle Bickley nine and one, which was a fairly low total for for Kyle at, at Bellevue in truth. Uh, ben Rathbone one and a bonus. Greg Blair eight. Ryan McDonald nil point, and Leon Flint making it a double of maximums over the Colts with an unbeaten 15 points. For the Colts at reserve, Sam McGurk 10 and 1, Harry McGurk 13, both of which had very strong starts to the season, uh, Connor Coles 3 and 1. Paul Bowen three and two, Benji Compton ten and one, Ben Waddle five and two, and Jack Parkinson Blackburn seven and one. So two meetings, a win and a loss against both teams. Uh, well, against a win and a loss against Berwick. Um, pretty. Even, I suppose you, you could say. Um, to which Berwick's lineup does seem to have a, a more 
um, can't think of the word, does seem to cater more towards the Bickley and Flint spearhead. Um, but now that will have changed, uh, seeing as Flint has joined Wolverhampton, which means that now Flint cannot ride in all three leagues. So that will potentially hamper uh, the Berwick side moving forwards. So after that, Bellevue then faced Armidale up in Edinburgh. And again, it wasn't particularly a bad meeting for the for the Colts. Uh, they managed to pick up a very valuable uh, losing bonus. Um, so, looking down at the results, or even the notes I have, it's our former Colt in Danny Phillips riding against his former club, and saw him having a, a pretty much a decent haul against his old team. Um, but then things didn't go to plan for the Colts either um, after the first race. Uh, that was after Ben Woodall took a heavy fall on the first lap and saw him being excluded. Uh, but it also saw him having to withdraw through injury. So the Colts were in a, a bit of deep doo-doo in a sense. Um, however, with that said, they did trail 17-13 after 5. Uh, with Harry McGurk taking 2 wins in heats 2 and 4. Paul Bowen and McGurk took a shock. 5-1 in heat number 8. Uh, that made it level at 24 apiece. Moving on, it then saw Greaves, or Nathan Greaves and Sheldon Davis taking a 4-2 for the Devils in heat number 10. Uh, so that put the hosts 31-29 ahead. Um then it saw in Heat 11, Jack Parkinson Blackburn and Harry McGurk taking a 5-1 to give the Colts a 34-32 lead. And pretty much like their senior side in the Aces, they just seemed to collapse late on. As four straight 4-2 Heat advantages for the Devils led them to victory and see a 48-42 to 42 defeat for the Bellevue team. Looking at the point scorers from reserve, for the victorious Armadale side, Gregor Miller scored 5-1, Lewis Miller 3-1, Tom Woolley 6, George Ruffley 7-1, Danny Phillips, as I say, had a decent haul in this meeting with 10-1. Sheldon Davis, 2. And Nathan Greaves, 15-point maximum. For the Colts, it saw Harry McGurk top-scoring with a magnificent 13-3. Sam Woolley, is guest, scoring nil point. Uh, that was due to the fact that they had Sam McGurk out through injury uh, after 
he broke his leg during a British under-21 meeting uh, at Mildenhall. So uh, we had a, a guest for in that meeting and a couple of more. Uh, Connor Cole scored nine. Benji Compton, six and one. Ben Woodall, nil point. Uh, obviously because he didn't complete a race. And Jack Parkinson Blackburn with seven. Um, it was also interesting. Uh, if you do fo- follow Paul Bowen on social media, uh, he did poke fun at himself because this meeting was... Um, he did have trouble with the Edinburgh track, I think it's fair to say, uh, and did kind of make fun of his experience, though. Uh, I think it's only made better with the dry sense of humour that the Armadale commentator had for Bowen um, during that video. Moving to their home meeting against the Kent Royals, and it was arguably one of the worst meetings I may have seen. Um, And it wasn't necessarily down to the racing or the two teams. Um, It was just one of those occasions where anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Um, And the fact that I did bring a friend along to his, well, his first meeting, and I don't think he was too impressed. Um, He has been since, but we did say to him, (laughs) just enjoy as best as you can this meeting, because it will never be anything like that like this again um so um the track which i have lambasted many times on this podcast so far um in the sense that they've kind of destroyed it at times uh making it far too grippy than it needs to be um this is probably a good case uh for that <laughs> to be fair because um, the amount of times everyone seemed to come off the first bend entering the second and almost get thrown towards the air fence um, or even just the fence uh, due to how grippy it was when they picked up extra speed. Because um, I think the first couple of races pretty much saw everyone at one point being flung towards the fence. Um and having to use their their brains and ability to kind of shut off and not go into the vents. Um, but with that said, <clears throat> looking at the notes, uh, Ryan Kingsley and Jake Mulford, uh, which you will hear a fair amount about in this match, uh, they took a 5-1 for the Royals in the opening race. Heat free saw Benji Compton and Kelsey Dugard both being excluded, uh, with Dugard going off tapes. Uh, oh, I can't even read my own writing. Uh, Dugard hit the tapes uh, and then was excluded. Uh, so that left a pretty much a, a match race between Daniel Jilks and Paul Bowen with Gilks taking the race win ahead of the Pie Man. 
Um, so that gave them a 11-6 lead. Uh, things didn't really improve uh, for Bellevue from, from that point onwards. Um, so we had three further shared races. Uh, Heat 8 saw Jacob Clouting, uh, son of Savalis Clouting, that used to ride for the Ipswich Witches back in the day. Uh, he got a 4-2 with Jake Mulford, who took the race win. Uh, that made it 27-20. The hosts then picked up a 5-1 through Compton and Bowen, with Bowen taking the race win ahead of Alex Spooner and Josh Warren. Uh, that narrowed the deficit to 28-25. Then saw Daniel Gilks and Jake Mulford coming in as a reserve replacement. Uh, they picked up a 5-1. Heat 12 saw another 5-1 between the pairing to lead 41-30. Jack Packers and Blackburn and Conicals then took a 4-2 in Heat 13 to almost give them a faint chance of a comeback, but not very much. Um, then saw Mulford making it a Fantastic 19 and 2 from his seven rides. Um, heat 15, sorry, 4 2 for the Royal uh, for the King. No, oh, the Royals, sorry. Too many royalties in, in the league for me. Uh, so Jilks picked up, or Gilks even, picked up the race win ahead of Ryan Kinsley and Parkinson Blackburn for a 4 2 to make it. 50-39. So, looking at the point scorers for Kent, Ryan Kingsley 12, Jacob Clouting 1, Dan Gilks 14-1, Kelsey Dugard no score, Alex Spooner 3, Josh Warren 1-1, one and, one, and Jake Mulford with a fabulous 19-2. For Bellevue, from reserve up, Harry McGurk, 8-1, Sam Woolley is guest, 3-1, Conicles, 7, Paul Bowen, 7-2, Benji Compton, 4-1, Ben Woodall, who really struggled for power and pace in, in this meeting, uh, he scored nil point, and Jack Parkinson Blackburn top scored with 11 so, we then entered the last couple of weeks where it has seen Bellevue kind of struggling for... A, not meaning to be unfair to uh, Compton, but they kind of needed someone with a bit more pace and someone that... Oh, pretty much a proper number one in the team. Um because while Jack Parkinson, Blackburn and Coles were the main one and five, the, the, they were more kind of top heat leaders than like a one and a five. Uh, but with that said, Bellevue drafted in Jack Smith as guest and he had a pretty good night uh, when they took on next 
the Eastbourne Seagulls. So, what happened in this meeting then? Well, it's our Eastbourne taking a 4-2 lead ahead of Jack Smith, with Jake Knight taking victory. Uh, Heat 2 saw reserve Nathan Ablett for the Seagulls, um, having the race awarded in his favour. Uh, this was after Sam McGurk had tried to go around the outside on the opening turn of lap three. Uh, however, he kind of became a cropper, um, slipped off onto the shale, aggravated his leg in the process. Um, and so saw Vinnie Ford being excluded for being under power. Um, but it did see the race being awarded to that of Nathan Ablett. Jack Parkinson, Blackburn and Paul Bowen, who during this meeting seemed to form a very good uh, team bond, uh, it has to be said, uh, as they picked up their first of two five ones in the meeting. Um, those came either side of Nathan Ablett and Richard Andrews taking a 5-1 for the Royals. Oh, sorry, for the Seagulls even. Um, Heat 6 then saw Jack Smith grabbing his first race win of the night ahead of Richard Andrews and having Harry McGurk finishing third. Uh, that gave the Colts a 19-16 lead and it was one that they didn't really throw away. Um, so a 4-2 was followed by Conicles and Ben Waddle. Nathan Ablett continued his good form uh, with Conicking as well to pick up a 4-2 to make it a three-point meeting at 25-22. to uh, Jack Smith and Harry McGurk took a 5-1 over Ablett and Dano Verge. Um, that made it 33-26. Three successive heat or shared heats. Uh, heat 14 then saw Dano Verge and Nathan Ablett making it a three-point meeting. Heading into heat 15 as they grabbed a 5-1. But it saw Jack Smith being the hero of the night for the Colts as he managed to beat up both the impressive Jake Knight and Nathan Ablett for a 3-3 and give the home side a 46-43 win. Looking at the totals for the Eastbourne Seagulls. Jake Knight on 10, Connor King on 3, Joe Alcock no score, Dano Verge 6, Richard Andrews 8 and 2, Vinnie Ford nil point, Nathan Ablett 16 and 2. For the home side, Ben Woodall 5 and 2, Sam McGurk no score due to being withdrawn, Connor Coles 6. Paul Bowen, another decent haul, 8-1. Jab Parkinson, Blackburn, 8-2. Harry McGurk, 5-1. And, and Jack Smith on 
14 with only one point being dropped in the entire meeting. Uh, that coming in heat number one. So as we then moved on to our, a couple of Thursdays ago, um, it's our the last meeting that took place in 2019 involving the Leicester Lion Cubs and the Bellevue Colts. Um, and it's our pretty much decent... It was a, I was going to say a decent meeting, but it, actually it was on, on uh, recall. So if we take a look at the scores, it saw the... Colts having a 13 to 10 lead after four races gone. Then the Line Cubs led for a couple of races. Uh, that was from a 5 1 from Dan Thompson and Ben Trigger. Uh, ben Trigger, who has easily one of the best gating abilities I have seen um, in the league or in any league this season, uh, he took second behind Thompson. That gave the Line Cubs a 15-14 to 14 lead. Uh, Jack Smith made it two wins in two in heat number six. Then saw a f couple of 4-2s for the Colts. With Sam McGurk and Connor Coles in heat seven. While heat eight saw Harry McGurk and Ben Waddle taking a 4-2 in the following race for 25-22. Going back to that Heat 7, though, um, it was a race where it saw three abreast down the back straight uh, with Connor Coles and Joe Lawler, uh, another former Colt, uh, riding for the, the Lion Cubs. But it was the move that Sam McGurk pulled on Lawler, which kind of warms your heart, in a, in a sense, uh, when watching the, the third tier. Um, it was a very hard, ruthless move uh, who kind of came up the inside and really shoved uh, Lawler towards the fence. But it was not a dirty move. It was a fairly aggressive, hard-nosed move. Um, but it was almost one that Lawler would have pulled himself had the roles been reversed. Um, but even after the, the race, everyone seemed to kind of seem okay with it. It was a good race as well, to to be fair. Um, and one that I will happily watch back when I get the DVD. So, entering heat number 10, it saw the scores 28-25 in favour of Bellevue. Uh, that lead would get increased by two points. Uh, that was courtesy of Jack Smith and Harry McGurk. Um, a couple more shared heats took place in heats 11 and 12. The visitors then took a 4-2 through the Thompson Twins, not the 1980s band, uh, but through Dan and Joe um, to make it 40-37 in favour of the home side but a 5-1 and one of the best races I've seen this season um, 
probably not from a um purposely a team um team riding move um in fairness um but it's our 5-1 with Sam McGurk and Paul Bowen blocking the run of Tom Spencer um to which I'm sure you if you're an Aces fan or a Bellevue fan you'll probably have seen um the replay uh, or at least a highlight of that race um where McGurk seemed to not have full power uh, Tom Spencer, who, as we'll kind of look back on in a minute, his points total don't do him justice. Um, he was he was a tri-roll night and just didn't get what he's pretty much what he really deserved. Um, but it was one of those races where the the lead changed, I think, once or twice uh, with Spencer and McGurk. Bowen seemed to. I mean, I'll put it another way. If you can remember the match between the Aces and Somerset, where it was kind of Craig Cook taking on Jason Doyle and Jack Holder, and Frick comes around the outside at the very end to take victory, uh, it wasn't that as spectacular as that race, but in its own little way it was. Um, with Paul Bowen playing the role of Max Frick um, pretty much because he was on the high line um, but it was it definitely was an enjoyable race to watch but at the same time looking through your your fingers because they were so close together and you just felt that either it was going to be a very close race or someone was going to come off Um but thankfully, everyone was fine. The racing was top-notch, as it had been for both this meeting and even the Eastbourne meeting, in all fairness, uh, to give the devil their due. Um, but yeah, that made it 45-38 to seal victory. However, now it was a case of how many they would win by. Um so Heat 15 saw Leicester going home, well, having the final word on the meeting through a 4-2, through Dan Thompson and Joe Lawler, um, with only Jack Smith able to kind of split the pairing. Uh, but Dan Thompson all night was on it, uh, like a rocket, in, in truth. Um, as I think the, the scores kind of tell you. Um so you had Mickey Simpson on two, Kai Ward on two and two, Joe Thompson eight, Tom Spencer three, much deserved far more than he got, uh, Joe Lawler on eight, Ben Trigger five and two, Dan Thompson 14, with only a point dropped, losing to Jack Smith in the opening race. For the cool running Colts, Ben Waddle on three and one, Sam McGurk eleven, Conicles five and one, Paul Bowen three and two, Jack Parkinson Blackburn on eight, Harry McGurk at four, and Jack Smith thirteen. Again, 
much like I said about the previous um, meeting up at Armadale with Paul Bowen, he does like to poke fun at himself. Uh, and he has added a new one on, on Instagram. Uh, pretty much of his performances of last or the the last meeting against Leicester um and he really is interesting to to follow it he he is one of the the last showmen in the sport you can definitely say um but this sunday or the meeting that's ongoing as i'm recording this um sees bellevue traveling down to mildenhall to take on the mildenhall fen tigers at west row um so we will see how that goes. Um, my inkling is that it may be a long night for the Colts. Um, but we will see what happens. So looking at the standings that I have, it sees Eastbourne bottom on four, Armadale on six, ahead of Mildenhall on six. Then in the Four playoff places. Bellevue holds the fourth and final spot on 10. Kent Royals have 11. Leicester Line Cubs on 13. And Berwick Bullets are on 15. And it does kind of feel with with the matches that Berwick have had seven so far. Um, I think having Flint in those matches as it has been, I think has helped them as well. Um, despite the fact that they have got one rider they brought in who I think I said on a in a blog, a 30-year-old rider coming in to replace a youngster as a rising star, it's a bit of a farce. Uh, but hey-ho, this is British Speedway after all. And as we all know, Pretty much most things in this sport is a bit of a farce. Quickly, very, very quickly, uh, looking at the championship standings, uh, Glasgow leads the way ahead of their bitter rivals in Edinburgh on 26. Um, Scunthorpe Scorpions are on 25. Leicester 23 and 4th. The Pool Pirates, who, well, we all know they'll be up there eventually um, by some way. Um, they're on 23 in 5th, in but having ridden less meetings. Uh, Red Car Bears, 23 in 6th. Eastbourne in 7th on 18. Berwick Bandits on 8 on 13. Uh, Newcastle Diamonds, who ride today against both the Pool Pirates and the Plymouth Gladiators. Uh, worrying news coming out for them that they need crowds. Uh, the, the pandemic has hit them hard, um, as it has for a, a fair few teams. Uh, and I spoke about it at the beginning. Uh, the withdrawal of the Newcastle Gems kind of illustrated that 
things are not right up there at the moment and hopefully things can get sorted um however they're on nine or they're on nine points in ninth uh the plymouth gladiators eight points in tenth birmingham who are in a similar boat to newcastle because uh, they need big crowds as well at perry bar um they have they had a, a fairly more um happier meeting last week uh against the Kent Kings winning 46-44 um which I listened to on BBC West Midlands uh, and was interesting to hear how the the crowd was and how they were trying to kind of get fans in attendance and thankfully it didn't rain um and they could get through the meeting uh but yeah Newcastle and Birmingham Hopefully things are positive moving forward, uh, because God knows we don't need any more teams going out of business. Um, and bottom of the table, Kent Kings are on six points, um, but they recently brought in Troy Batchelor um, to be one of the many in the long line of riders to ride in both the top flight and the second division. Again, this is pretty much as a topic that I may come to on another podcast uh, and may even have a guest on for it. Um, but as is life, we will quickly touch on Bellevue's meeting last week as well as the upcoming meeting for them this weekend. <clears throat> or even this Monday. Um, so, it's our Bellevue facing off against the Ipswich Witches. Both teams needing the points for kind of different reasons. Uh, Bellevue needing it to kind of bounce back from their two disheartening losses against the Kingsland Stars and the Wolverhampton Wolves. Um, Ipswich, it was pretty much just a case of trying to get some more points for the run to the playoffs um, though they had won four out of the last five so it, you know, it wasn't like a desperation kind of thing um, Ipswich was still missing the services of one Jason Crump um, Bellevue also had a man light as they lost the services of Jai Etheridge. Uh, that was following a crash on Saturday night in the KO Cup in the Championship for his team Berwick. Um, so hopefully he's on the mend, Jai. Because uh, from reports, it looked a very serious incident uh, with a free rider pile-up. Um, having seen the photos it it looks even worse um, but with that said it does seem like he is on the on the mend hopefully um, but yes but looking back anyway it's already crazy wild start to the meeting in the first four races uh, this was due to the team's kind of 
I think for Bellevue it's almost like they were expecting a grippy track, which is pretty much what they've had all year. Because um, gating has been woeful, and less said about the better. Uh, however, for Ipswich, they their, their team manager in uh, Richie Hawkins had the idea of switching Cook at three and King at four. Um, on paper, at the beginning, I thought this was going to be a tough meeting, and the witches may possibly win. However, the track was not grippy. The track was absolutely slick. And we could gate, which was blooming shock to me, I'll tell you that. So, as I said, the first four races saw both teams sharing maximums. With Dan Bewley and Richie Worrell getting the best of Cray Cook and Anders Rowe. Heat 2 saw Drew Kemp and Paul Stark grabbing a 5-1 ahead of Tom Brennan and Simon Lambert. Cook and King, who you kind of expected would be the, the main two, um, they then picked up a 5-1 in Heat 3 to make it 11-7 and give the Witches their first and only lead in the contest. Um, but Heat 4 may be one of the best races from a team riding aspect I may have seen this season um, so Simon Lambert made a blistering gate from tapes Brady Kurtz who I have ripped pretty much most of these podcasts uh, as not being good enough or has been woeful in his performances so f- pretty much in, in the main uh it was a case of humble pie uh, last Monday because he had an absolute blinder. Um, and Heat 4 kind of shown this. Um, so Lambert was out in front. Kurtz was doing his damnedest to repel the challenge of Jake Allen and Paul Stark. Kurtz pretty much shepherded Lambert round, um, cut any hopes off that the witches had. Um, got a brilliant 5-1 for to make it 12 apiece. And I think you can tell how good the track is going to be and how fair it is uh, when all the times were pretty much kind of slowish for the NSS traditionally. Because uh, most of the times have been pushing 60 dead maybe late 50s. Um, the the Most of the times were kind of 62s and then it dropped to like a, the odd 61. But over the men, it was between 62 and 63 seconds, which I think for that track is much better than having it so grippy that it's pretty much a gator's paradise. Uh, as Coolio may want to have said if it wasn't drug related and it was speedway related but again that's a different subject entirely um so heat six saw dan Bewley and richie worrell grabbing a 5-1 to make it 2016 uh back came the witches though with a surprising 5-1 through anders rowe and paul stark to level the match up at 24 apiece uh 
Um, Heat 9 then saw another uh, surprising result. Uh, as Charles Wright, who had failed to score in his opening two, then made a jet-propelled start and was almost half a straight ahead of everyone. Um, but a 5-1 was had by the by the Aces. Uh, Steve Worrell coming second to make it a four-point difference at 29-25. Uh, this was really where the Aces kind of took over the meeting as it saw Bully and Ritchie grabbing another 5-1 Kurtz and Brennan getting a 5-1 in Heat 11 then it saw Steve and Simon Lambert grabbing a 4-2 over the duo of Cook and King which I mean that was a a turn up for the books uh, so that made it 43-29 Bewley and Kurtz picked up a f- comfortable 5-1 over Anders Rowe and Jake Allen. Uh, Heat 14 saw a shared race with Danny King coming back in the meeting. Uh, Heat 15 saw Daniel Bewley completing his second home maximum of the season uh, with a majestic race win in Heat 15 over that of Danny King and his partner in crime Brady Kurtz who for a couple of laps at least did seem to give King a bit of a challenge Uh, but King just seemed to have a bit more in the tank um, and saw a 55 to 35 victory a repeat of their efforts against the witches earlier in the year Looking at the scorers from that meeting. So, from top to bottom for the Witches, it had Anders Rowe, 5 and 1, Craig Cook, 5 and 1, Danny King, 14 and 1, Jake Allen on 2, Drew Kemp, 3, and Paul Stark, 6 and 2. For Bellevue, from Reserves Up, Simon Lambert is guest on five, who is very solid indeed. And again, I don't think his points total kind of justifies how good he rode. Uh, Tom Brennan, four and one. Again, always seem to be up with him. I think barring his second race where he kind of got nudged, um... And just struggle to kind of get back into the race. Uh, but 4-1, and one, still a decent collection. Um, considering he failed to score in his first two. So to pick up two seconds. One being a, a paid race win. Always a bonus. Uh, Brady Kurtz, 11-2. and two, Season high at home this year. Uh, Charles Wright, 4-1. and one. Steve Worrell, 9-1. and one. Richie Worrell, 7-3. To which I have a theory on the Worrells. Um, Oh, I'll read the rest of it. And Dan Bewley, maximum 15. Um, Um, But I do have a theory on the the Worrells this season. Uh, I've kind of 
looked it up to back up if my thought is the same, and it does tend to, barring one meeting. Um, it seems a case of if one rides well, the other, pretty much whatever one rider is doing, the other will follow suit. Uh, so if one of them is having a fantastic meeting, the other will have similar. If one's having a shocker, then the other will also have a shocker himself. Um, which is why tomorrow's meeting against Peterborough, I feel, could have them two being the difference makers. Um, so, if we quickly go on to the other team, or the other meeting. So, tomorrow night, we'll see the Bellevue Aces taking on the Peterborough Panthers. Um, the teams, as I have it, are Bellevue have Dan Bewley, Steve Worrell at three, Richie at two, uh, Charles Wright at four, Brady Kurtz at five, Tom Brennan six, with a guest yet to come in for the injured Jai Etheridge. Um, so we're still undecided. Um, oh, we're still in the dark over who's coming in. Um, for Peterborough, though, this is Ulrich Ostergaard, rider replacement, Bjarni Pedersen at two, Michael Palm Toft at three, Scotty Nichols at four, Chris Bomber Harris moving out of the reserve berth, which is a major thing. Uh, Jordan Palin at six with, as I described in the blog, a young whippersnapper at number seven in Hans Anderson. Um, so I do feel those at two, three and four are going to have the biggest say in this meeting. Uh, and especially with Hans who pretty much will have a, a hefty chunk, I feel, uh, riding. Um, I think the battle between the Worrell brothers and Wright and the Panthers trio of Biani, Palmtoft and Nichols, I think that's going to be the main battle, really. I don't think one in... Well, I can't say one for Peterborough because it's rider replacement. Um, but I do feel it's going to come down to kind of trio on both sides over who determines where the race result goes um, so quick little stat uh, Peterborough are in the same boat as Bellevue in the fact that they have yet to fail to register a point away from home um, which is a bit Worrying. Um, but if Bellevue can ride like they did last week, then you know, there should be no trouble, hopefully, getting past these Panthers. Um, but with that said, Peterborough do have some talented and some track specialists, you could say. Um, Hans rides the circuit well. Um, Bomber on occasions can, Nichols on a 
on a given day. Palm Toft has destroyed our, our riders at times around that circuit. Uh, and and Bjarne hasn't done that badly either. I, he got a fair hefty chunk uh, last time um, in the 45-old draw we had. Um, so the Panthers will be... They, they won't be worrying about could they pick up a point. They they could arguably win. Um, I think looking at the, the two sides, um, it, hopefully the experience will not be needed uh, from Peterborough. Um, hopefully we're cl- very much clear from the, the Panthers uh, come Heat 15. Uh, but hopefully in a good way, not the opposite way. Um, but also, whatever happens, one team is going to be losing ground on Wolves. Because um, it does seem very much of a case that they are going to hammer uh, the, the Stars. Um, but I might be completely wrong. You might see Kingsland shocking them, but... You know. Stranger things have happened in the sport in the past, um, but normally it's it's involving us being surprised. But that is your bumper, bumper, bumper. Um, a view, a track with a view podcast. You can tell I don't do this podcast that much because I can't even remember the name of the show. Um, but yes, thank you for. For listening to my waffle for probably an, an hour. Uh, God bless you. Um, but hopefully, if you're listening to this, hopefully you enjoy your speedway. Hopefully everyone stays safe, be it crowd and riders more importantly. Um, up the aces and we will reconvene, hopefully, 